<laughs> Why? <laughs> Random characters are so crazy on this show. I know, I know. <laughs> Mr. Whatever. <Yeah. laughs> Why is he so greasy? <laughs> Christianity again? After Cowboys? You went all the way back around? Oh, God. Why can't I die? This is the this music. Welcome back to New Rockstars, Rick and Morty Season 5, Episode 2 broke our brains yet again by revealing there isn't just an infinite number of Ricks and Smith families across the multiverse, but within each of those universes, an infinite number of decoy families, all trying to kill each other. Seriously, what, what the, the f***? This is Rick Explained, our Rick and Morty after show where we overthink Rick and Morty to give you the hot takes so that you can post them and rise to the top of our Rick and Morty, baby! My Easter egg breakdown of all the details you missed is coming tomorrow. So don't comment on this video saying that I missed something. Do that on tomorrow's video, dum-dum. But here I am with Rick and Morty super fan and a copy of a copy who only ripens with duplication, Tommy Bechtold. Hey, Eric, I'm just here on a family vacation in beautiful Pleasanton, California. Oh God, the squids are here. I knew it, you're, you're with a decoy. Ah, well, now we're gonna have to host a decoy Tommy. That's fine. He's. <laughs> Not as good, but we'll take them. Um, so this is a wild episode. I did have to watch it a couple times yes. to fully process what happened. Mm -hmm. uh, so Tommy, remind us all what happened. Oh my God. Well, we got started off with a bang. The Smith family is suddenly assassinated by advanced alien squids, but it's revealed it's just a decoy family Rick created. <laughs> Beth criticizes yeah. Rick for continuing to clone family members after doing so to her last season but Rick that's right learn lessons we know that not at all he's not gonna change <laughs> more and more decoy families are killed in hilarious fashion until rick realizes his decoys have been making their own decoys mm -hmm. leading to what he calls an asimov cascade a chain reaction where the infinite decoy families try to kill each other yeah of course as is, <laughs> squid, as is natural of course as you as you do the squids yeah. are then revealed to also be other decoy <laughs> families in disguise <laughs> What is going on? Talk about I WTF. Know. I was like, all right, 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 my brain is broken. The decoy families heighten into monstrous scarecrow families who harvest skin. A wooden puppet family. Oh, yeah, with the voice boxes in yes. there. Like, it was just getting copy of a copy of a copy yes. until it's just down to, like, nothing. Oh, my God. So one Rick lights a beacon to invite all decoy families into an all-out melee, as it should be. Rick mm -hmm. apologizes to Beth, and this, is fa <laughs> and this family seems to be the final family standing until they're killed by Mr. Always Wants to be Hunted. <laughs> Somebody hunt me! Uh, I can't wait till we can go to Comic-Cons again to buy a Mr. I Always know. Wants to be Hunted with a cute right. little target on his chest and what appears yeah. to be Vaseline all over his body. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's just greased up. He's like, it's just easier to be slippery. Yeah, exactly. Meanwhile, our Smith family has been in space this whole time with the returning space bath, answering our questions uh, yes. from last week. And uh, in the post credit scene, Wood and Jerry is unable to die and realizes history loops around to cowboys and Christianity. All right, Aaron. Yep. But we have to know, how many decoy families does Rick have? 
Yeah, I actually counted. The number's interesting. Before we get to that, if you like our Rick and Morty coverage and all the other content we make here at New Rockstars, one of the best ways you can support us is to check out our merch at newrockstarsmerch.com. We have this line of exclusive Loki-inspired merch based on the hit Disney Plus show. Obviously, you know what it is, I assume. Uh, It includes an augmented reality shirt as well. That sounds like something Rick Sanchez might have grafted under his skin, but, you know, it's a real thing that you can wear and impress your friends with. So support this channel, get yourself some cool swag, and... uh, uh, you won't find it anywhere else. Mm-hmm. Just go to newrockstarsmerch.com. But yeah, let's talk about this question, Tommy. How many decoy families are in existence that we see from this episode? Yeah. Well, the implication would be infinite. You know, there's enough to suggest that there are infinite numbers, right? right. Um, but if you count, this episode does present a finite number, and that number is interesting because I counted exactly 89. Mm. Why is that interesting? Well, halfway through the episode, after gunning down what he thinks is a squid ship, Rick says, All right, hey, one down. Probably, what, 40 more to go, 45? And he doesn't realize that that ship is another decoy family in disguise, so if you consider that there are as many undisguised decoy families as squid-disguised ones, the actual number would probably be around double that, around 90. Mm. So 89 is one short of 90, and there might be a 90th, uh, yes. 90th Rick. I'll explain my theory for what that could be okay. in a moment. Also, when Rick explains the Asimov Cascade principle, and just so we're clear, he's referencing Isaac Asimov. He's an iRobot author. He's like a sci-fi thinker. He kind of coined the laws of robotics and explored AI sentience as a theme, and he concluded that sentient AI will probably inevitably turn on its creator, <laughs> as we see in this episode. Um, but if you look closely at that whiteboard, there's one equation that doesn't make sense. It says 008 equals 889. Mm. Um, that's not math. That's not how it works. No. But uh, I think what this could mean is the puppet disguised family at the end of the episode, the one that we have this cathartic moment between Beth and Rick at, mm. um, we think that is the 89th family That as I was doing my counting, but it's actually the same family as the family we saw in the cold open, the one that was hunting Mr. Always Wants to be Hunted, uh, and that's how he recognizes Mr. Always Wants to be Hunted at the end. So that, even though it's the second one we see in the episode, that might be like the eighth decoy family. So eight equals uh, 89, even it's 889, like there's uh, over, uh, you know, like 800 <laughs> of these things, right? It's just saying that, like, I think it's setting up that the family that we saw at the beginning is going to come back. We think it's like a higher number, but it's actually the one that's coming back. Right. But I'm going to speed through how I got to the number I got to. We awesome. got the cold open family. That's the one that plans to kill God. Ironically, Rick number two later claims to be a God and is killed by the end of this episode. So in a way, they do kind of kill God uh, mm. in a roundabout way. Uh, family two is the family that plays Mr. Always Wants to be Hunted. Fourth is the one vacation in Italy. The fifth is uh, when Morty and Rick are watching when Wolf on Interdimensional Cable. <laughs> I love that. Uh, uh, kind of rooted for me that they would be the, love. What, what do they say about the vampire? They're like, I would have rather seen when Wolf go back to the 1920s and invest in stocks and then eat people, of course. And then eat people, yeah. <laughs> Which I feel like there's got to be a meta um, reflection of their own insecurities as writers. Like, stick to your core concept. The core concept is multiverse Ricks, not like decoy family Ricks, which kind of is kind of the same thing, but done in a different way. So, uh, sixth family is the Rick who, we stay with this group for a while, that's the Rick who farts on Morty with the barcode right. uh, trick, yeah. and then uh, that's the Rick that first realizes decoys are making their own decoys. Mm-hmm. This is where things get a little confusing if you're trying to follow it. Uh, the the seventh family is that decoy family that Rick Six finds, and they have the passcode of 80085, which is boobs in, in calculator. Uh, 
elite. Um, and then the eighth family is the second decoy family that family six finds. They have the passcode that our Rick doesn't know, and it's eight <laughs> equals eight equals side D, which is just the the dick, the emoji. <laughs> dick. Uh, uh, and then uh, the ninth family is the family that created that uh that family the eighth family uh, uh and then the tenth family is the one who lava melts them all and then they discuss the asimov cascade and they first make the stitch together the crappy squid costumes uh they find family 11 which is a better dressed squid disguised family now up until now i have not been counting the other squid assassins just because we see a ton of squid assassin families later who i do count and i think it's safe to assume that one of those assassins was the one that we later see so mm -hmm. i don't want to double up family 12 was uh <laughs> randomly the rick who shot a creature and poops candy. <laughs> That's such a weird moment, but I loved it. He's so proud of himself, too. Yeah, and it. the creature's enjoying it. It's like, he, 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 yeah. he loves it. <laughs> we see two uh, families, 13, 14. That's where there's a family in the living room, and then there's another drive-by that happens. Uh, family 15, Rick performs brain surgery on himself. That could have been one of the other ones we see, but I, I'm assuming anytime we see a new one in a montage, a new family, it's not a squid assassin. I'm just going to count that as a new family. Right. Uh, we see three Ricks in a hallway, 16, 17, 18. 19 is one where Summer like cuts herself to think she's human, but oh, Rick yeah. just reveals Rips she's a decoy. Off. She cries. 20 and 21, we see the shot of two squid Ricks and ships. One shoots himself. Uh, and then we pivot to family 22. They try to live off-grid in the spooky haunted forest. Uh, and then 23 is the murderous scarecrow family, uh, who's kind of like Buffalo Bill, yes. uh, uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre kind of situation. Mm -hmm. uh, and then um, if you look closely around that murder castle, you see uh, four other past Ricks that Rick 23 had killed that pinned up next to Rick 22. And then in addition to that, 10 other Rick skins are visible hanging overhead. And I just count by the Ricks. There are other members of the family that are piled up. But if you know that there's Rick, that was a whole other family. So that's we're up to 37 now. 38 is the Wooden family who saves them. <laughs> and then brings them to this refuge, the cause. Yes. And uh, if you count by the Summers, Summer is the, the highest frequency member of the family. There are 14 mm. other Summers in there. Mm. 15 if you include the one who just came there. I'm also not counting the Wooden one. So uh, okay. that brings us up to to 53 uh and then uh some squid family must have bombed this refuge right. 54 then the mexican beach family uh that's 55 the family that bombs them and then we follow them for a while that's 56 that's the one who lights the beacon mm -hmm. and then we see a bunch of uh families soar into this um first there's like some who look up and see the beacon one is like a it looks like a basket version of them that are drawing the old asimov cascade in the dirt which i love that um because they suck and then uh and then like 17 more ships fly back to join the battle and then later from space 12 more come in so we're at 88 now now when you're watching the melee i don't think you see more families than 29 families which is the number of families who fly in mm -hmm. in various shots so i'm just going to count it at 29 uh, and then we uh, find the puppet disguise family that we think is the 89th family, uh, but that's actually the second family that we saw back in the cold oh, open. Right. So the true 89th family is our man, main family that has been up in space on adventure with Space Beth this whole time. Ah, so 89, yes. I guess you could say 88 decoys from the 89th family, but the theme of this episode is that family could be a decoy of one of the others. Of so course. you never know <laughs> who's a decoy and who isn't. Right. Now, the, this 90th family there's this whole great moment where jerry questions the logic of mr always wants to be hunted yeah 
and like, why? Like, I think we should be asking more about that. And then Rick shuts him down when really Jerry was right, right by yes. the end of the episode. They should have been on the lookout for Mr. Always Want to Be Hunted <laughs> and why he wants to be hunted. Uh, and Jerry mentions that he comes from a cryo tube. Uh, and I am wondering if this could be like another decoy that Rick created of a guy with a target on him. Right. That was from a cryo tube that was maybe just like too much of a copy of a copy or like a failed decoy experiment. That's right. why he's so greasy is he just has this genetic <laughs> defect. <laughs> so Jared, so Rick just painted a target on him and it's right. like, oh, go, go, go. There's always one who hunted. So I think that's the theme of it is like the, the most failed experiment is the one you have to keep your eye on because yes. he's the most imperfect. And then Rick's perfection and his like over perfectionism is what undid him in this. <laughs> Most definitely. <laughs> so my theory is that Mr. Always Wants to Be Hunted is a Rick decoy. I Just love it. Uh, a real watered down one. Just a very, very diminished return. But I love this idea. I mean, it breaks people's brains because we already had this kind of um, ironic detachment, right? This uh, mm -hmm. existential um, whatever mm -hmm. feeling about the show. As soon as, you know, season one, they revealed that there was a multiverse and a citadel of Rick's. Right. It began a similar way where Rick was shot in the head at the breakfast table. Right. Uh, and then it expanded that way. And this is kind of doing the same thing, but staying within a universe, which is just even harder to um, to conceive in a way. Because mm -hmm. now it's like, how do they not run into each other? How right. Well, yeah, I mean, he says he mentions that he programs them to live like pleasant lives or something like that right like uh -huh. they all have like so maybe maybe the whoever the one true rick is he knows what their programs are so he can avoid maybe he's you know he's so smart it would stand to reason that he's programmed them to never run into each other but they must just be all over the country right we see in the map like yeah there's just one in every state there might be two in every state i don't know just hide them all in wyoming there's no one there right right and th that's the decoys that he knew about right, like right, there right. are others you know i think right. that was kind of the implication of it there's one in baja there was one like off the coast of florida like <laughs> right. in the water there right like on a yacht or something right <laughs> i like that the yacht the yacht smiths that are just out there yeah. cruising in, a, in the caribbean uh but i think the idea is that all these decoys have maybe been wiped out but like at the end of the day like the fact that the Rick we stay with could very well be a decoy. I think it even pushes the show further in this direction of don't get attached to any one Rick. Right. Even though there is some continuity for sure, episode to episode or across seasons, that right. the Morty and Rick we've been following is the C-137 Morty and Rick who arrived after Rick Potion number nine. Mm -hmm. uh, and... You know, presumably in the same way that we could have been following a different universe episode to episode, we could have been following a different decoy episode to episode. Mm -hmm. But realistically, there has been some continuity. Mm -hmm. I think the writers would say it doesn't matter at the end of the day. Right. But uh, we do have some more questions coming out of this episode. Oh, yes. uh, first, we want to thank some people who helped us make it. Starting with our friends at Helix Sleep. You don't want to sleep on a mattress designed for someone else, even if that person is the darkest timeline version of yourself. They probably like a super firm mattress and always sleep on the side of their body without the eye patch. Well, Helix Sleep is a quiz that matches your body type and sleep preferences to the perfect mattress for you. They have soft, medium, and firm mattresses. Mattress is great for cooling you down if you sleep hot. Even a Helix Plus mattress for plus-size sleepers. I have a Helix mattress and I love it. The quiz matched me with a medium, firm mattress with lumbar support, sleeps cool. That's right. I'm sleeping like I'm living. Yeah, hell yeah. Cool. <laughs> and sometimes sitting up in a cold sweat over anxiety. Yeah, hell yeah. 
but not it's not the mattress's fault. The mattress is working hard to to lull this baby back to sleep. Um, so here's what you do: go to helixsleep.com/slash/rickexplained, take their two minute sleep quiz, and they'll match you to a customized mattress that will give you the best sleep of your life. Helix is offering up to two hundred dollars off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners at helixsleep.com/slash/rickexplained. This show is also sponsored by BetterHelp. Is there something interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals? We've all been there at some point. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. Start communicating in under 48 hours. It's not a crisis line or self-help. It's a professional counseling. It's professional counseling done securely online. There is a broad range of expertise available for clients worldwide. Log into your account anytime and send a message to your counselor. You won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room or look for parking. BetterHelp makes it easy and free to change counselors if you need to. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. So visit betterhelp.com slash rickexplained. That's better H-E-L-P. And join the over 1 million people who have taken advantage of their mental health with the help of it oh not advantage to join the over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they are recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. Special offer for Rickexplained audience, get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com/rickexplained. All right, Tommy, what is our next question as we look ahead in this episode? Well, so Eric, we already did discuss this a little bit, but let's let's really hammer down our thoughts on this. If all the decoys live on the same earth, how do they not cross paths or realize their homes are in different neighborhoods? Yeah, so as you said, Tommy, they do mention this episode that like each decoy is kind of programmed, it's designed to kind of just accept their neighborhood right. as normal, you know? Right. And it's like they're given false memories right. as well, well so they, that they never question it. Yeah, they specifically reference Westworld, which is if you've watched Westworld, you know that these AI are incredibly realistic, incredibly intelligent, incredibly intuitive, but they're also their built-in blind spots, so they can't see, or they do see doors that aren't really there, or they or they don't see doors that exist. They see blank walls, so that stands to reason, if Rick was serious about them having kind of like Westworld technology, maybe these things are, or these, these decoys are built to not really know any better to question it you know yeah exactly uh and i think for some viewers that might undercut the sense that any of these decoys could have been the rick that we're following because if they are stuck in narrative loops like in westworld with like false memories uh program memories program perception then like were did they they never truly had free will they were only really going on adventures that wouldn't allow them to interfere but also if there's an infinite number of decoys wouldn't you know realistically one bump into one that was designed by a different rig right but i think i think the answer to this one uh tommy is that this all happened really fast right like, I'm wondering if our main Rick that we've been following, C-137 Rick, who's been up in space, he might have designed his first decoy relatively recently. Mm-hmm. And then because Rick is just so brilliant, right. it all snowballed within a span of like 12 hours. Yep. Uh, just because Ricks are just that way by nature. Mm-hmm. And he had not yet, like, he didn't think it would happen this fast, For realistically. Sure. You know, so I think... The idea is maybe we haven't had decoys since the beginning of the series. Mm-hmm. I think it's probably like a recent thing mm-hmm. Rick tried out. And then the joke of it is, whoa, that escalated quickly. Right, you know? right, right, right. Yes. And then what we're seeing now is that chaos that you're talking about should have been happening before. It's just happening now right. because it was just a recent thing. It's just yeah. all 
can opened up the proverbial can of worms, as they say. Uh, now, now, since this episode ends in such a, um, I don't know, a theological place mm -hmm. of like you know, Christianity came back, right. did Rick? You think Tommy, in a roundabout way, end up killing God this episode, and that's why they had Christianity come back, just to show that Christianity cannot be yeah, killed at the end of the it's day? It's like Michael Myers. But I, yeah, you know, <laughs> I I think, well, one, they had the literal Rick saying he was a god that ends up getting killed, right? So we talked right, about exactly. that. exactly. But then we also have, like, Rick kind of, the, the concept of creating life and i think what do they say you just love creating sentence or you get hard creating sentient life and then he says yeah oh, i get hard saving my family <laughs> yeah, and they're like oh that's not any better but i think like yeah they, like they kind of they've killed god over and over and over and over again in this episode because it was like you know everyone or at least god gods they people they thought were gods because the, the whoever thought they were the main rick creating the decoys that kept getting killed in their mind, that was a god getting killed, you know, in my my, right. my interpretation. So yeah, like, killing your creator is yeah. uh, you know, it's like the Promethean argument of right. your, defying your god. Yeah. Right. So I guess I guess the answer, as always, with Rick and Morty is kind of. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's you kind of know that's it's gonna be going in this direction because like even though the show has kind of an atheistic undertone, as mm -hmm. all science fiction kind of does, right. um, not all, but a lot of it. Um, if it's like chaos theory, right. you know, but the, uh, the show does have like a, um, a reverence to higher yeah. powers. I think they don't want to be too, um, disrespectful or too irreverent. Well, I think, uh, I think and like when he opens the episode saying, we're going to kill God, right. it's kind of like, oh, okay, Rick's going to suffer this episode. Right. For Rick's saying gonna, that. Yeah. Something bad's going to happen. I think they do a great job of taking the smugness that often, and I don't mean all atheists, obviously, I know plenty of atheists in my life who are wonderful people, but often yeah. the attachment of atheism in fictional media comes across as so smug and all-knowing and definitive. They do a mm -hmm. great job of being like, nobody really knows anything. Like, the more hubris you kind of have of intelligence on any one topic, the more likely you are to have some sort of bad downfall in the Rick and Morty right. world. Agreed, yeah. And I think that goes for anything in life. Yeah. Like, oh, we absolutely. go through this weird, uh, I don't know if it's a bell-shaped curve. I think it is bell-shaped. You gain knowledge, you gain knowledge, right. you gain knowledge. And the more knowledge you gain, the more you realize you don't know. Right, um, right, right. And, and you're more okay with just And you'll never know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's why I felt like, you know, going through college and high school, I'm just like, oh, we're all just going to, like, pretend that that it's all bullshit. Right, right, right. right okay, right, right, but right. because I mean, like science tells us, and then as you get older and life experience hits you, it's like, oh no, I get why uh, most older folks in my life go to church. Absolutely. It's like, oh, because there's a need for that. Yeah, you need you, that kind and of also, I mean, like, let's just get down to guidance. brass tacks. They serve donuts regularly. Hell yeah, baby. So come on. That's the reason you go, is for the donuts. Sit through an hour speech and get some donuts? What are the, what's the <laughs> yeah. worst thing that could happen? That's right. Hell yeah, baby. <laughs> so I have a question for you, Tommy. Yes. So we realized this episode that the squid assassins are really just like yes. costumes worn by other decoy Ricks. Yes. At some point, some decoy Rick or some creator Rick thought, yeah, squids. Let's let's do that. Why yeah. do you think squids were chosen well, by Rick? Like if we can get inside his head. There's two. I have two thoughts. One, there's such a weird in sci-fi especially like futuristic sci-fi obsession with squid shaped aliens like who's the uh -huh. guy that did like the you know all the all the art for uh aliens like a famously i forget oh oh geiger yes. right? hr geiger, HR geiger. Yeah. 
Like there's that, his obsession with squids. But also for me, it was just a callback to the first episode when uh, when they killed Mr. Nimbus's signature contract witness that was the squid, right? Oh. Was that a squid or an octopus? I don't remember. But I think it was a squid because oh. it had squid ink. And he signed the contract with the squid ink. And then, then that squid ends up getting shot in the head. And I was like... Yeah, yeah, last I week, like, yeah. I, I kept expecting that to be the payoff before the reveal that the, that the squids were just decoys disguised yeah. as squids. I was like, this is going to be some tie-in to... Mr. Nimbus getting revenge for murdering his his signature <laughs> witness, who was also his friend. So I don't know if I, I think ultimately probably the first thing I said is closer to it. Like, you know, there's just a sci-fi and squid shaped things have always gone hand in hand as like, you know, it's a scary put on right. a grand scale. A, a squid looks scary and intimidating. But I also wonder if it was just a nod to the first episode. No, I think I like that idea a lot, Tommy, because I think uh, at least you could imagine some Rick or some Rick decoy yeah. thinking like, my, I'll be able to fool the other ones right. by thinking there's this revenge plot right. for Mr. Nimbus's right. ink bearer right. or whatever. Yeah. So like their evolved like parent yeah. species are, are coming to get revenge. Right. Like just trying, Rick trying to play 4D chess and outsmart himself mm -hmm. is one of the funniest things to be like, it always devolves into something stupid, Absolutely. which is squids with like vagina shaped heads. Right. Let's be honest. Right. They all have like phallic or. <laughs> Everything or, on that show you know is either I mean. looks like a butthole a vagina or a penis. There's just <laughs> Yeah, right. At the end of the day, that's yeah. where it all heightens to, which that's I think right. is so funny. Yeah. And I also think there's some irony that like these squids have like their what is it, hexapods, six legs? Because mm -hmm. squids don't have eight, octopi no. have eight. But um uh, but this idea of like one becomes many, of like one Rick has like at least six decoys mm -hmm. that he made. I like the drawing of the Asimov cascade did kind of have like a pyramid scheme looking yes. kind of a shape to it. Definitely. Um but I just love this idea that he settled on squids. I know. Uh, and that you see the stages of crappiness as they got better at making squid costumes, <laughs> yes. which is just really funny. Yeah, the first um, ones were just like mascot costumes at a shitty theme right. park. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, all right, we have one more sponsor we want to thank, our friends at Magic Spoon. Thanks to Magic Spoon for sponsoring this episode. So most folks would like to eat better, right? But healthy breakfast doesn't have to be boring. Magic Spoon has the amazing flavors that you love, but without all the bad stuff. There's zero grams of sugar, 13 to 14 grams of protein, and only four net grams of carbs in each serving. Only 140 calories a serving, and it's keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, low-carb, and GMO-free. So Get yourself a variety pack of the four flavors of cocoa, fruity, frosted, and peanut butter. My personal preference is for fruity, but I've heard some tell of folks mixing cocoa and peanut butter together for a DIY peanut butter cup flavor. <gasps> so go to magicspoon.com slash rigsplained to grab a variety pack and try it today. And be sure to use our promo code rigsplained at checkout to save $5 off your order. And Magic Spoon is so confident in their product, it is backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money, no questions asked. Remember, get your next delicious bowl of guilt-free cereal at magicspoon.com slash rigsplained and use the code rigsplained to save $5 off. And thank you to Magic Spoon for sponsoring this episode. So let's talk about this. Uh, this post-credit scene, one of the best post-credit scenes. Yes. I I love it when we just follow Jerry down a it's rabbit never, hole. It's never. It's always comedy gold, right? It's like it's if, always great. If, if we're following Jerry, something really Chris Parnell's voice work, which is like he, it's just his voice, but sad, just defeated. Right. It's just Chris mm -hmm. Parnell doing his voice, but as if all of the happiness has exited his life, and he's trying his best to still appear happy. Like even yeah. 
Even yeah. when Jerry's optimistic, there's still a twinge of sadness to it. Exactly. It's just yeah, so he awesome. plays it so well. Yeah. Uh, and I wonder if, like, the fact that he is uh, immortal through yes. the end of all time, yes. it, this applies to the main continuity of the series. Right. So does this mean every future episode has has wooden Jerry somewhere, somewhere in the background <laughs> screaming as a woodpecker is gnawing away uh, at him? I want more. Yes, I want wooden Jerry to come back. I'm sure he will. Right. <laughs> We got to check in with him, even if he's just like some wooden form, yes. like a, a whittling workshop at Disneyland or yes. something. I want Wooden Jerry to be in the background. Yes, of it. me too. I love this idea. Uh, and let's end on this idea of Space Beth. I think ultimately this episode was kind of the writer's attempt to uh, explore the implications of Rick cloning mm-hmm. family members. Mm-hmm. Um, and this whole episode is kind of a debate of like, it's not a clone, it's a decoy, but essentially, yeah, he is like cloning family members right. and himself. Right. For, and just seeing where this goes. Right. Uh, and then at the end of the episode, um, Space Beth says, uh, you know, don't get too excited. Yeah. <laughs> Let's not get too worked up over me coming back. Right. So are we think we're done? I think this is just them saying, like, this is why we don't want uh, to explore Clone Beth too much. Right. Because we're just going to run out the logical implications well, and, of clones fighting gets, each other here. And it gets repetitive because you're like, you know, I mean, it's fun. And the writers are so brilliant. They're always going to make it funny. But at a certain point, you're like, all right, so I get it. At any point, any person having a conversation could get shot in the head, be revealed to be a clone, and then a new thing starts. Not dissimilarly to the stress. It's it's like the it's the non-stressful version of the way The Boys was last season, where you're like, anyone, oh, yeah, any yeah, conversation's yeah. head could explode at any time. And so I'm just kind of always on edge watching these yeah. people. But it's like, yeah, it kind of loses its uh importance if it just continues to happen so like i think yeah moving yeah. away there's so much other fun stuff they can explore it's time to probably move away from that for a bit at least yeah and i think the writers were aware of this mm-hmm. limit that they had by exploring this concept sure. i will say as watching it i love the speed of it Me every too. time i watch the show i'm in awe of how much story they so pack into much. it but I think you do kind of start to divest in it emotionally right. after too long. Right. And uh, and there was at some point in this episode where I'm just like, huh? Mm-hmm. Uh, like, I, I'm still loving what I'm seeing. It's still right. funny as hell. Right. But, like, I just did lose track mm-hmm. of, like, whose story I was following. And, like, it, they bring it back when Rick apologized to Beth. But yeah. then I just feel like, oh, the writers are just trying to be too responsive to... Uh, finding a way out of their own corner mm-hmm. with with Space Beth mm-hmm. when I didn't really need that. Like no, I, I don't. Um, so I to me, people are comparing this to other like you know uh, the Citadel of Ricks episode, mm-hmm. the the first Citadel of Ricks in uh, season one, and Total Recall. I would probably rank Total Recall higher just because uh, we know all those memories are false, right. and then it's kind of neatly tied up by the end of the episode. Mm-hmm. This kind of just leaves it open. It's not as like logically uh, airtight as mm-hmm. Total Recall was, yeah, I think. For sure. Yeah. Agreed. That's okay. Yeah. We have a great time. Still we, hilarious, uh, still amazing. Still hilarious. Still wouldn't Jerry being the cross that future Christ gets nailed to, yes. which is oh my God. freaking wild. Uh, so uh, we'll leave it there. That's it for this episode of Rick Explained. My Easter egg breakdown of all the little details you missed in the episode, again, is coming tomorrow. Uh, Tommy and I will be back next week to react to episode three. So be sure to follow Tommy at Tommy Bechtold. Follow me at Avos. Follow New Rockstars. Subscribe to Rick Explained wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for watching. We will close with our favorite moment of the episode. Christianity hasn't been invented yet. Crosses are just baby teas to me now. I got out. Please don't invite me back in. <laughs>